in good company. Honest and transparent conversations between two good mates on an entrepreneurial journey together. Join Lisa Cordoff and myself, Carly Nimmo, while we explore what it means to create, grow and keep good company. Life and business is better when you're keeping good company. Last night, I looked at my wallet and saw receipts just busting out of it. It was like embarrassingly big and heavy. <laughs> that is like me 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked at it and I was like, I know that all of the receipts, oh my God, that is atrocious. She's showing me her wallet. You you need to, this, this is for you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I had my wallet and it was just chockers. And I knew that the the vast majority of receipts in there were things that I needed for tax purposes. And I think often we're sold this idea of, you know, business being a really um, easy thing that we do. And we forget about the ugly shit and the boring shit we've got to do as business owners, like scanning our receipts. <laughs> so <laughs> last night, and I procrastinated, I bought a beautiful new wallet at Christmas time, and I haven't emptied out the receipts or scanned them since then. So I decided just to take the bull by the horn and finally scan all the receipts so I could have an empty wallet. And in the process, this is something that I, re I resist all the time, as even when I was working for somebody else in sales, the paperwork was the thing that I avoided because it's not that enjoyable. <laughs> and accounts are definitely something that I have actively tried to avoid over the years. And it's led me to places that I don't really want to go, you know, like huge tax bills that I wasn't expecting, just feeling completely out of control, lying in bed awake, worrying about the next tax bill that's coming that I have no idea, or not having done my taxes for a few years. You know, all this stuff happens because we have a resistance to doing that because it's not fun or whatever, or we have stories attached to it. So for me, the cleaning out of the wallet was kind of symbolic because I'm dealing with it. And over the past, since the Office Collective, the last five years, since I incorporated as a company, my reporting is much more, uh, you know, it has to be more regular. It has to be more, you know, it's not just a spreadsheet these days with a box full of receipts, if that. There's a lot more to it. So it's helped me to be more on top of it. And I have outsourced all of it before. And then I just, it's like I put my head in my sand. I don't want to know about it where now I'm actively involved. And yesterday I posted a few pictures on Instagram and Facebook about me doing the unfun, unsexy stuff of business, scanning my receipts and had all these comments about apps I could use and all that kind of jazz. And, you know, I should just do it once a week and scan the receipts and whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah. Whatever. That's, that's cool. That's not how I work. Generally, I wait till the, you know, wallet is almost <laughs> busting at the seams to do it. Um, but I do it and I turn and face it and I don't have my head in the sand when it comes to my figures anymore. And it's something that I see a lot of small business owners avoiding and looking to outsource it all. They just don't want to know anything about it. And for me, that scares me because I have had my head in the sand and all I got was choked by fucking sand. There's there's mm. nothing in it for you to have your head in the sand when it comes to the numbers in your business. So it was kind of representative. But the reason I wanted to bring it up was really because we all have these areas of resistance of things that we don't want to do in our business and that we actively try to avoid. Confrontation is a big one with clients. 
setting boundaries is another one that might be an issue and money, you know, having your head in the sand about money. So I kind of wanted to talk about this because we've had a few experiences like this over the course of the past however long in our lives in business. And I think it's an interesting conversation to have because we all have areas of our business that we're trying to run from instead of turning to look at. And when we do turn to look at them, they're never as bad. Or even if they are as bad, at least then we have a starting point to start from. It's like nothing is as bad as the horrible anxiety of knowing you don't know. I used to exist in that all the time. I never used to look at the bank account. I just didn't even want to know how low it was going. And as soon as I did, I almost check the business bank account daily now to see what's going in, what's going out, where things are at. And the more attention I've paid to it, the better it's become and the more comfortable I have come with going, okay, this isn't a disaster because I'm informed. I can see that there's some big payments that are coming up that I've got to make. So how could we add some more revenue this month or this quarter. I totally agree. But you missed out on mentioning one of the things that I resist, that I have massively resisted. And that is, uh, I mean, I run a membership and unsubscribes. So I just, I don't want to know. It upsets me. I just, it's like um, unsubscribes from your newsletter list. I never look at those numbers. I mean, my email list is now over 20,000. So I know that I'm going to be getting unsubscribes. It's totally okay. I'm not offended at all. I'm not trying to be friends with everyone. <laughs> but uh, but when it's people who've paid, they've come into your membership, uh, there's always going to be churn. There's going to be people who've like, that was awesome, not my time anymore. Or this maybe isn't what I thought it was going to be. Or money's really tight, need to save some from somewhere. And instead of ignoring some of that stuff, I now engage with it. I can learn from absolutely everything that's going on in my business. I need to be on top of what's going on here because there's opportunities there to improve all the time. So, I mean, I can give an example of uh, of something that happened once where I just, I would have much preferred to run and hide when on the morning of a live event that I was running, I got an email from someone and she had bought, I'd put together a series of marketing trainings. So this is stuff that I, I always get asked, stuff that I think is really essential for online business owners to know, but still a bit next level, you know, taking them maybe slightly deeper than the free stuff you just can get access to anywhere and everywhere. And also based on my experiences of of building a business, talking to consumers, so not selling to other business owners. Anyway, I was so excited about this bundle. I, I put it out there really quite cheap for what the information inside the way it could transform your business. And so I get this email, I open it up. I've, I've got a live event that day in Melbourne. You know, 100 women are coming. I'm all the nerves and I open up my freaking inbox and see this email from this woman who said, I've never bought anything from you before but I've been watching you for a really long time and was really interested in this because I'm growing my own business too, uh, online business too. And I'm so disappointed. If this is the quality of the stuff that you do, you know, you didn't teach me anything, blah, 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 blah. It was, it was the worst feedback I've ever got on anything I've ever done. And of course, I'm like, see, 
just goes to show I shouldn't be teaching this stuff. See, I because suck. you had you had had a lot of resistance around this so too, much right? Resistance. You yes. didn't want to be the person who was selling to business owners on how to run an online business, and there was a lot of resistance around that. I guess because there, you know, there maybe there are lots of people who are doing it that aren't really all in integrity. I don't know. Um, but it's definitely something that I've witnessed your resistance around. Oh, yeah, so much resistance. <laughs> oh, so much resistance. And I'm like, see, yep, okay, stick to what you do, Lisa. And and then at the end of the email, it said, I'm actually coming to your event. Oh, yay. <laughs> and, and now I'm I can't wait I'm to worried. meet you. <laughs> now I'm worried I've wasted money on that. And this person might even be listening to this podcast right now. She knows exactly who she is. All credit to her. I wrote back to her. All credit to I you. Said, <laughs> which I thought, I'm not going to put my head in the sand here. I want to run and hide. I probably did have a little cry and I, just thinking, oh, my God, this is awful. Because do you know what it is? If people spend their hard-earned money on, on something that I've told them will benefit them and bring them some value and they don't feel value from that, I do really take that on board. I know it. I've been there. I, don't, I have no intention of making money in a sleazy, opportunistic and shallow way. If I do something, I really want it to be valuable to people. So I just, I communicated that and I just said, look, I'd love to know where I missed the mark. I would love to know what you expected and how it didn't meet that. I put a lot of thought into these trainings and, and if, you know, and any feedback that you can give me would be so appreciated. And then credit to her, she wrote back saying, wow, I can see how this sounded. What's happening for me is that I have spent so many years researching, studying online business, um, learning from mentors, paying for courses, doing all the webinars, and I'm still not doing anything. And I was angry at myself because, you know, the stuff that you're teaching here, man, I just... I know it, I want to put it into practice and I'm angry at myself and I took that out on you and I'm sorry. And, of course, I didn't see that email before the event and she came up and said hello and she said, look, I did write and apologise and we had a really great chat. I understood far more about where she was coming from and suddenly, once again, it's actually not about me. (laughs) It's never about us, that stuff. But we take it all so damn personally and and I'm just so glad I had the guts to like open up my wallet or open up the bank account, open up that email, read and respond in a really measured way, in integrity, standing by what I'd created but just genuinely wanting to know what had happened and only good stuff can really come from that but it's Fucking uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. And like that woman, it works in the reverse too, right? So we can have resistance to doing the things that we know we need to do in order to have what we want to have. So for her, you know, she she wanted to be using the information, but she wasn't. So her resistance and, you know, and so it showed up and was deflected towards you. And that happens so, 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 so often. (laughs) We just have an ability to put things on other people. And what an amazing gift to be able to recognise that and own it. And so you've really both given each other a gift 
because you've both faced the the resistance, you know, you've both turned in to look at it, which is really, really cool. In terms of like, you know, that resistance that we feel about the things that we really want to do. Last weekend, I ran my first ever retreat, which has been on my list of things to do for 10 years. And I <laughs> never have done, never have run one besides the ones as part of the mastermind. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, the first mastermind re retreat was the first retreat that I'd ever run. Um, but it was for the mastermind and it was you and I. So it wasn't like the solo thing. So it wasn't like me. It was me living out part of my dream, but not all of my dream. And I had resisted it mostly due to the fact that over my lifetime, you know, since the office collective, that was really the trigger. I've just experienced so much failure. So many events I've created and put my blood and sweat and tears and heart and soul into and had nobody show up. And when it happens time and time again, you start to lose faith and start to wonder what it is about you, what's wrong with you. So as usual, I like to try and turn things on their head and do something different. And I thought, well, you know what, this approach of me getting to know people, because I guess I was kind of following this philosophy that we're told, which is serve people you know, put the content out there, attract the people that you want to attract and then create something for them based on what they need. And, and that's all very good, but sometimes it's full of a bunch of assumptions about what I think they need and sold in a way of like, this is what you need kind of thing. <laughs> and so I've done, you know, I've done a few things. This, our mastermind isn't the first mastermind I've run. I ran one, I had two people sign up. It was pretty much just almost one-on-one -on -one mentoring and so I, I dropped it, but then I picked it up again to give it another go with you. So in the retreat sense, I approach this very differently. And the things that I've approached differently are the things that have worked in my life. So when I make the huge assumptions and I craft a carefully curated sales page catering to all their pain points and all that kind of shit, I get no response or a minimal response. The Office Collective, I created it within an inch of its life and then opened the doors. So in that way, I'm kind of creating a build it and they will come kind of philosophy. With Radcasters, I approached it in a different way. I announced that I would be creating the course, who wanted in, and I would create it around the people that were there. And that approach worked for me. And then I went back and I tried a few different approaches and they kind of weren't, weren't working for me, like making assumptions, creating stuff that I thought they needed then crafting really clever long sales pages and having no response to them, partly because I didn't really have a huge audience to sell them to. to. Um, but my retreat, I approached very, very differently. A few of them had asked, when are you going to run a retreat? And so I thought, well, fuck, now's the time. So I literally have a small community on Facebook in my show up, speak up group. It's just um, kind of hardcore Carlosophy's listeners and it's a, a really safe space for people to come and show up and speak up about whatever's going on for them. And I love it. And they love group. me. It's amazing. Yeah, Because it um, it's really deep. It's not the, mm. it's not the mm. normal Facebook visual. group. No, yeah, it's it's we go deep in that group because it's me and I go deep. <laughs> oh, that sounds really oh, wrong. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> stop talking. So, so I decided to just throw out, a, you know, a post in my Facebook group saying, okay, guys, I'm thinking about running a retreat. These are the dates. It'll be in the Byron area somewhere. It's going to be, you know, a thousand bucks. 
I need five people in order for it to go ahead. If I don't get five, I'm not booking accommodation. Who's in? And I filled it from that Facebook post. Had seven people come and it was amazing. And it highlighted to me how we think things need to be done a certain way, but they don't necessarily. We can do them in a way that feels good for us. And for me, it's really like this one worked, right? So yeah, it's all sunshine and rainbows. But even if it hadn't, I was in a place where it didn't matter either way. So if nobody had come, that was fine. I'd even said, I'd even thought to myself, hey, if one or two people want to come, I'll just shift it to a hotel room and we'll just, they can pay their own way and we'll do some exercises and stuff in the hotel. So it was like, it wasn't, I, I wasn't uh, attached to it needing to be anything like in the past. I wasn't expecting it to be the thing that made me Oprah. You know, I was just throwing it out there to see if there was any interest before going away and crafting it. Now, in this process, I never once told people what they would get when they came. Um, I never I never promised any kind of value other than just meeting some new friends, having a few laughs and getting to know yourself better. That was it. And it filled and we all had an incredible time and it was the most amazing experience of my life. I felt at ease the entire time. There was zero anxiety and I really allowed people to come as they were without assuming what they needed and get what they needed out of it. I wasn't there to provide the value. I was just there to create the space for them to come and to, um, you know, foster connection between them, which was really down to them too. So instead of this heavy um, burden of responsibility that I used to feel in business where everything was my responsibility, it was my responsibility to get them results. It was my responsibility to give them the breakthrough that they needed. And instead, none of that was there. It was just so light and happy and easeful because I finally turned and faced the strain that I'd been feeling about all the concern of being rejected yet again. Everything I touch turns to shit, <laughs> even that phrase. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so it just proved to me that, um, that, that, yeah, I can do stuff like this and it can work. And I don't have to follow any rules and I don't have to do things a certain way, um, but but I have to do them. I have to continue to put my myself out there. And it's only through that that, um, that I feel more happy and content as a human being because I know that I'm not going to end up on my deathbed having lived a life full of regrets of the things I never tried. I've given things a go. And if they haven't worked, I've done it enough times that it doesn't hurt as much anymore. <laughs> I think that we just also have, like, failure is inevitable. If you're doing your own thing, failure is, a, it's just a given. So we're going to have to deal with it at some time or another. But I think you are potentially selling yourself a bit short or missing a really important part of this. And that is not everyone could just throw an invitation like that out there and have people trust them with their very precious away from partners and kids time, money, and total faith that you were going to supply something, even although they didn't know what it was, that it was going to be what they needed. You, it, There has been a lot that 
the way that you do show up for those people in the in the Facebook group, the way that you produce a Carlosophies episode for them week in, week out, the way that you share in a really vulnerable and open-hearted way means that that's what you got back. And I think that it was the time because of where you're at and your, where your energy is in terms of how, how you're feeling about Carly Nimmo yeah. and what you can do in your work. Like that was just reflected back to you because people said yes because you're feeling good. And But I just I do feel like you need to own that that it's a big deal. Yeah, totally. You know, I just threw something out there. This is a result of you absolutely being consistent in your business, giving, sharing, creating community. That stuff matters so much when it comes to people saying yes. Yeah, I and think. I feel like, you know, for me, the it's not it's not even for me it's not even about business. It's about me living like knowing completely now through the journey of Carlosophies and through the journey of the biggest failure of my life and then a series of smaller failures along the way, I'm very, very, very clear on what success means to me now. Mm-hmm. And and it's not about the, you know, for me it's about being able to, my one, my one keystone or one marker in life is to be able to look at myself in the mirror at the end of each day and have respect for the person looking back at me. So that anchor dictates everything that I do in life. And if I can do that, that is my version of success. It's no longer about me being having 40,000 followers on Facebook and a list of 100,000 and, you know, none of that stuff matters to me anymore. The amount of money I make doesn't even matter that much to me anymore because I know that when I'm showing up in this place as me with kindness towards myself first, that has a, a huge impact on everyone that's around me. Mm. When I put myself first and my well-being first, everyone else is positively impacted, who is open to being positively impacted by that. Some people are triggered, but then hopefully that leads to something. But, again, not my responsibility. I'm not going to shy not away no. from being me and owning exactly how amazing I am because I might trigger other people. And that is how I used to run my life. And I feel a little bit the same in stepping into helping people um, market their businesses because I feel like it, you know, all the resistance that was around that or, you know, even this podcast or our mastermind, all of it, I was like, that's not who I am, but I'm so drawn to it. I get so much joy from it. I, it, it just gives me such a buzz, like an undeniable buzz. So who am I to not explore what that means for me? Even if it doesn't make sense and even if, you know, having two businesses isn't what most people would think is a good way to run things, you know, I don't, I just, I have to honour the part of myself because I know that people do get value from what I share in both camps and so much more and more. I know that there's small steppers listening to this podcast who are taking so much away from it, hearing 
because we're talking about universal themes. Yeah. It's all actually the same freaking conversation. And I think that that is a really important realization for me is that just because I'm helping people grow their own businesses, that's not icky. Some people have tarnished the idea of that, but I have no intention of being in that camp. I have every intention of serving and helping people with what comes really naturally to me and that I'm really passionate about to create an amazing life for themselves. Just like I'm helping small steppers create amazing lives for themselves, busting through stuff around food and mindset and that kind of thing. So it it is, it's like we have to be able to explore our full and whole selves just for the sake of it, without expectation that one thing is going to be everything. Yeah. Ever. Because it's not. Because we're evolving. And that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur. It's actually the the point in so many ways. I mean, we can get easily distracted. Hello, uh, all the ideas. But we can also use our business as a platform for our own personal growth to bust through things that, I mean, the way that what that retreat has given you as a person, the belief, the knowing, the trust, just it's helping Carly become more Carly. And so while you gave everyone else a gift, it was also a gift for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the biggest gift for me, because I I always thought I knew what my potential was, but to then realize it is a very mm. different thing. Yes. Uh, and so that, that really showed me what is possible for me when I get the fuck out of my own way. Mm. And when I yeah. stop letting self-doubt rule the roost and I really learn to trust the process, stop making it all about me, but at the same time, making it all about me. Which is like kind of a dichotomy, right? <laughs> but it is the the more I work on me, the more the people around me want to work on themselves. So I have to lead by example, and now I feel like I'm finally in the place where I'm doing that, and that has been the biggest gift. Yep. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! So I guess if there is a something to take away from this conversation. It's really to just become aware of where you might be putting your head in the sand. What are the things that you you are not doing or are avoiding um, that could have the potential to be really amazing? And look, I totally get it because I have thrown my heart and soul into things and then, you know, felt like I was literally watching people stomp on it on the ground. <laughs> but you can't hide away that's where the that's where the regret at the end of your life will catch up with you um and I think it's really important to remember that like we for me one of the guiding things that has really helped me is to when I get stuck in that stuff like looking at an unsubscribe or getting a nasty email or somebody saying something that's you know conflicting what I'm saying I just remind myself is this going to matter in five years (laughs) And if the answer is no, then I just let go of the weight I'm giving it because we do have that choice. We can allocate weight 
to things, um, but we can't if we're not aware of them. Yeah, totally. And we know, I mean, there is that feeling in your tummy and yes. that can only last so long until you really do have to turn around and start busting through. True. There was a saying that you always say to me and it was in my mind before and now I've completely forgotten it. Oh, what's meant for you won't pass you by. Yeah. And that's always given me a lot of peace. If certain things haven't done particularly well or not to my expectation or like your the stuff, like the retreats, you know, what's meant for you won't pass you by. There was something in you that wanted to do them 10 years ago and they were meant for you but it wasn't the right time. And when it, when it happens, it really happens. And that's always given me a whole lot of peace because it doesn't mean that we give up and we have to pivot every single time something doesn't work. It just means, okay, if this is meant for me, it will find another way to Absolutely. come through. And that comes back to that trusting the process thing, right? Because sometimes things have to fall apart before they come back together. And during the retreat, I ran a workshop well, I ran two workshops, a vision board workshop, and then I had somebody come and run a basket weaving workshop. And the whole concept of the day was, as you do one thing, you do all things. So becoming aware of what's going on for you while you're doing the vision boarding. Are you piling up a whole bunch of pictures and not committing anything to the page? Are you looking around at the other people's pictures in the room and judging your, your work on theirs? Are you just telling yourself, this is bullshit, I don't want to do this, this is just a bullshit exercise? Like what What are the things that are going on for you as the observer while you're doing this exercise? And the same thing with the basket weaving. So it was something that we did that was no one had ever done it before in the group. It is super tricky and fiddly and requires a lot of attention. And again, I just put it out there, as you do one thing is as you do all things. So just be aware of the process that you're going through and and recognise what's going on for you. Don't judge it, just recognise. And so for me, it really highlighted how far I have come because at points I would have definitely been looking around and judging my work on other people's, needing validation that I was on the right path. Even, you know, some people were like, here, I, you know, show me exactly what to do. Actually, can you just do this for this bit for me? You know, so th the way that we approach those things is generally the way we approach all things. And it was just really, <laughs> really highlighted to me how, how much I now tr trust the process. My basket is ugly as sin. It looks like a jelly bean. <laughs> it's not at all what it was supposed to be, but I love it because it represents a time in my life where I did something that was really difficult and tricky and I had no idea of what I was doing and just was actually in the moment the entire way through the process. And as things started to fall apart, I could hear my voice saying, oh, this is going nowhere, you know, like give up now because it's falling apart. And instead I just reminded myself, trust the process, Carly, trust the process. And so I would just keep weaving and it would come back together. And that's what happens in life, right? It, it is like that. We think, we think everything's going right. It's, it's like that entrepreneurial journey image of the, this is great. This is shit. I am shit. You know, um, that creative process happens to all of us. And in those processes like basket weaving or needlepoint or making, you know, pottery, a, 
pottery bowl or that kind of stuff that we've never done before but requires attention to detail can really teach us some really key lessons about the way that we live our lives and give us some real insights into what is going on for us, you know, what are the stories that we're telling ourselves. So I guess that could be a really good exercise for everyone to do. Go and do something that's kind of crafty or arty or outside of your comfort zone that requires a lot of your attention, that is something that you've never done before, and then be the observer. See what comes up for you because it is really, really powerful. And because I think it's powerful because as um, business owners, we're constantly having to do things that we don't know how to do. We're constantly coming up against that next level of uh, well, like finding ourselves in places where we're like, I've got no idea what to do here. So if we know how we normally, how we do things in one respect, then it will give us so much more knowledge and uh, awareness of how we're going to and how we could tackle things differently. Absolutely. Than because we have before. one creative process is all creative processes. And that is the power of the whole exercise, right? So we all go through that. This is amazing. Uh, uh, what the fuck am I doing? And back yeah. up again. And so when yeah. we're doing processes like basket weaving or creating something, it's we're going through exactly the same waves. Mm. So it's what you can take away from all of those little things that we do in life and then expand them out to see how we approach life in the bigger picture. And then we can make change. Yep. Love it. Thanks, Carly. No worries. <laughs> in my mind, I'm already like, I know exactly what I do. Yeah. I exactly. But we mostly we mostly do, right? Because oh, God, we do just, these things so often like, as entrepreneurs. This sucks. It's taking too long. On to the next thing. Who's got, uh, I'm bored. Um, let's do something else. That would be my thing. Or like telling myself I'm not a creative person. So that's why it's not working. I'm constantly telling myself I'm not creative. And yet I keep on coming up with new ideas. So weird. Anyway, so weird. I love it. Thank you. I'm going to do some craft with my kids. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to resist that right there. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so that's it. On to next week. <laughs> See you then. Thanks for sticking around. See you next Monday. Remember to subscribe and... Keep good company.